Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to a new episode of Mike Delic. I'm Mike Brangatelli. Thanks for being here. Thanks for checking out the show. Thanks for joining us on this journey of curiosity and learning and growing and this exploration that we try to do here on the show. And by we, I mean me, but I also mean you. Couldn't do this if no one listened. So thank you for listening. If no one was listening, I would just be like an insane person screaming on the on a street corner somewhere. So thank you for listening to me and thank you for listening to the people that I bring on this show. Speaking of, very excited for today's guests. Absolutely thrilled. Really, this guy, uh, Daniel, Daniel Eisenman, he is definitely leading the way, uh, or at least one of the people leading the way in what I like to consider solutions solutions to the confines of our accepted allowable reality uh maybe you know we find ourselves in situations in life or going through life not necessarily fully embracing it not necessarily fully being ourselves becoming ourselves and this is a guy who's uh you know leading retreats writing books, uh, talking about these issues, and really just getting out there and living, you know, not uh, staying small and staying within the sanctioned playpen of allowable opinion and thought and experience, um, but shattering the mold, marching to the beat of his own drum, and creating a path forward that is unique, creative, and inspiring, and helping others to do the same as well. Uh, Daniel's written the book, Breaking Normal, which I highly recommend. Read it last year and uh, thought it was really great. And that's why I reached out to Daniel. Breaking Normal, Rewild Your Inner Child and Set the Truth Free. And we talk about that on the show. We talk about the book. We talk about Daniel's new podcast with the same name, the Breaking Normal podcast and his international tribe design, how that all got started and what happens during those retreats and events. And um, yeah, it's a really wonderful, wonderful show. Uh, I hope you guys really enjoy that. I am sitting here in Denver, Colorado. I got the door open. It's cold outside, but there's cold air coming in and it feels good. It, it's it's nice. It's nice on the skin and it makes me feel alive. It makes me remember that I'm alive. And, you know, Daniel and I touch on these things in the show. Um, and it's really, you know, this this idea of breaking normal, right? It's just, I, I absolutely uh, am such a huge fan of this, that, you know, we become very comfortable with having our reality served to us on a plate. And we're like, okay, great. Like, this is what it is. This is what we're getting. No need to really put an effort. No need to really expose ourselves to anything that's uncomfortable or challenging. You know, really, we could all just sit around and be blobs like in the movie WALL-E where they all get carried around uh, on little hover uh, scooters because the, everyone's uh, obese and they drink, you know, Mountain Dew all day and watch things on their screens. We can adapt to that if we want to. Uh, it's certainly a, an option. Then there's also another option that's maybe a little bit more challenging, requires a little bit more work, a little bit more participation. Maybe you would think that, you know, taking a cold shower in the morning or you know, leaving the, the door open in, in February in Colorado is, well, that's, that's not comfortable. I'm cold. Can we shut that door? Oh, it's not, you know, it's not comfortable. It's not nice. I don't want to experience that. 
But as Daniel mentions on this on this show, um, he talks about some ways that we can get around that, and you know, some some different different perspectives to take when looking at these things, and and the value that they can bring to us when we expose ourselves to these uh, other types of interesting modalities to explore this wonderful gift of a journey called life. And so, yeah, I just, uh, I, I invite everyone to, you know, try some of the things that we talked about in the show and, um, you know, try and put yourself in situations that you might, that might not be comfortable, you know, even if it's as simple as just leaving the screen door open so the cold Colorado air can come in and, you know, that, these kinds of things are really the things that bring me into my body more, get me out of my head, bring me into my heart space and make me remember that I am alive, I'm breathing, that I'm existing in this time, that I'm a fully sovereign, autonomous human being, that, you know, it's a really great thing. And uh, this is this kind of stuff has helped me on my journey, and I like to bring people on the show that are contributing to that, and that I'm learning from, and being inspired by, and um, that are that are really bringing these unique and creative gifts to the world. So I don't really have much more to say other than you know that I hope you guys like this show, and I thought it was a great conversation. Um, you can go check out Daniel's stuff, uh, Breaking Normal. It's uh, you know on Amazon, on Audible, uh, Breaking Normal podcast, everywhere podcasts are found, um, and the International Tribe Design. You can go and find that on his website, and follow him on Instagram by the same name, uh, Daniel Eisenman, and follow Mikeadelic. Follow Mikeadelic underscore podcast on Instagram. I am going to be putting out way more content that's going to be going through Instagram. So lots of stuff that I'm going to be creating that's an extension of the podcast will be going through Instagram and I'm putting it all up there. So follow me there for more. If you love this show, if you want to support the show and and show your love, help this message spread and grow and share it with other people, that's one way that you can do it. Just share it with other people, like it, you know, subscribe, of course. And if you want to go a step further, you can go onto Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Uh, you can leave us a rating or a review or both, whichever you prefer. Either one helps the show out, helps us spread this message, helps us grow, and helps kind of, in a way, create a better world because that's sort of what I'm trying to do. I know that's what Daniel's trying to do. It's just kind of, you know, create a situation that is fully engaging and inspiring for other people so that they can come out and they can create things that are fun and interesting and, and, you know, creative and really just deep and profound and, you know, all that good stuff. You know, it's, it's you guys, you guys that are out there. Um, you know, I'm just trying to facilitate a conversation or provoke some, some thinking. So, uh, but it's, it's you guys and the people that you share that with and the people that you tell about this and let them know, you know, what's going down over here, uh, at Mikeadelic podcast. So follow me on Instagram at Mikeadelic underscore podcast, go to Apple podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review. If you want to go a step further, you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank, B-R-A-N-C, and you can donate as little as a dollar a month, two dollars a month, three dollars a month, five dollars, ten dollars, fifty dollars, a thousand, a million, whatever you want to donate goes to this show, goes to improving this show, making it better, and 
Uh, couldn't do it without you guys. Thanks to all the people that support on Patreon. Thanks to the people who have participated in the Mikeadelic WhatsApp Inner Sanctum 24-7 chat group where all kinds of interesting people from all around the world are meeting and connecting together. We're finding the others. We're bringing them together. They're talking. They're exchanging stories trip reports, information, news articles, interesting little tidbits of things here and there. And it's just such a great uh, group of people to be hanging out with and chatting with via WhatsApp, uh, you know, all day, if you like, or you can put it on mute and just participate whenever you want, whatever it is. It's a great way to chat and hang out. And I'm in there. I pop in there and I, I share some stuff. And a lot of the times what I do is for my Patreon people, you know, they're the producers of this show. Uh, they, they are the producers of this show. They help Mike Adelic go. And so a lot of times I release things to them, get some feedback, you know, give them sort of first dibs on some new stuff that's coming out. And speaking of new stuff, we have rewards finally for Patreon people coming out. We have Mike Adelic t-shirts. We have stickers. We might even have some more things that are coming that that that, uh, that way. And uh, yeah, really excited about that. I designed the t-shirts and everything, and I think it's really cool. Um, really looks nice. And you can check that out on patreon.com slash Mike Brank. That's B-R-A-N-C. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about these things. I'm going to be doing a live podcast, a uh, live podcast at the good cinema event at the Alamo Draft House uh, in Denver, Colorado. Uh, or I think it's uh, actually, it's right outside of Denver. I'm sorry I blanked on the city, but it's it's here because there's two of them. Uh, but it's in the Alamo Draft House in Sloan's Lake on March 26th. That's a Tuesday. And that they're going to be screening, good cinema is going to be screening the event, uh, the movie, rather, Neurons to Nirvana. And they're going to have a panel there of people. We're going to have Kevin Matthews, former guest of the show, uh, talking about decriminalized Denver. Sarah Gale, former guest of the show, talking about the Zendo Project and MAPS and what they're doing. Uh, they're going to have some people from Dance Safe, Veterans for Natural Rights. They're going to be there. And I'm going to be doing an after-party podcast live at Barfly at the Alamo Draft House in Sloan's Lake after the Good Cinema Neurons to Nirvana event. And uh, I encourage you guys to, to come out and participate in that. It's going to be really fun. Uh, we're going to have a lot of interesting people on there as I put this together. But uh, the first Mikeadelic Live podcast event, Tuesday, March 26th at the Alamo Draft House uh, bar, Barfly in Sloan's Lake. Looking forward to that. Hope you guys that are here come out. That would be amazing. So. Without further ado, you know what to do. I said it all already. Daniel doesn't need any more uh, introduction. What he says in this podcast episode is is really great. Really enjoyed this conversation. Have a listen for yourself and take it away. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. 
fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. podcast that you just launched, uh, International Tribe Design. I see the posts. I see the stuff that's going on from a distance. And I'm like, man, this is like, this is fun to see this happening. This is someone that kind of just gets it. And there's a joy that kind of emits from the things that you're putting out there. And it's just uh, so good to connect with you finally. Yeah, for me, and I, I also would say my daughter, I see my daughter, when she's in her genius or in her bliss or in her joy, she wants to share it. She wants to show it off. Um, and it's not about, she's not doing it necessarily like, oh, this will look good, or maybe she is, maybe she's got to that level. But there's something, when a pure energy comes through me, I love to share it. And social media is such a cool way to do that. And now there's like different ways to do it, different, like you can, anyone can create a whole new art form at any time because the world is watching. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, that, that getting back to that sort of like the, the child's wonder and awe and curiosity and just generosity of like, wow, like this is life, this is cool. Like every time I'm around young kids, I get that feeling and like, even I was walking in the park the other day and I saw this dog on a leash and he was just so excited to be a dog and like so excited to be alive. And it's like, yeah, like bringing people back to that. Like that's what I see when I see what's going on with you. So I think you just had your uh, a, a recent event happen, right? Another tribe design went down. Is that right? Yep. The most recent one was on the big island of Hawaii and that was over the New Year. So we typically do them. It was January 3rd the sixth or seventh depending on if they were training or if they were just attending and uh that was so that was technically new year's evolution fest 4.0 so the idea i would say was birthed or the idea of tribe design as a modality as a practice as an art as a lifestyle i would say was really birthed in anahola Kauai about four years prior to that event. So we're still riding this wave known as Tribe Design. And uh, yeah, the last event was absolutely epic. Yeah, so so what kind of things happen at the Tribe Designs? Like when people are, you know, I, I see this, this, uh, this stuff happening and it looks like, wow, I, I wanna be a part of that and I hope to attend one day. Um, and you know the the kind of things that, that go on there. What's sort of like the the mission, the vision, and, and sort of the activities that, that take place during these these uh, gatherings? Awesome. So like, in, if I could say it with the least amount of words possible, it would probably sound something like health through honesty and heart sink over group think. Ooh, nice. And what it is, um, it's bringing back the remembrance and the realization of the roots of where 
like how humans originally interacted with one another before the memetics slash culture slash myth became uh, arguably overly strong. And so getting a group of people together under the premise of designing the strongest tribe as fast as possible using uh, the, like the four modalities that we focus on that I think are really, like if you were going to look at four quadrants or the formula of how we do that, they're re- it's usually uh, play shops or workshops revolved around music, mystery, memetics, and movement. And some activities, a lot of activities include all four. And a lot of it's also about around communication especially like confidently communicating creativity and getting leaders, leaders that might not typically team up because they disagree about something like God, money or sex or whatever. Um, so getting them past the group think that might be dividing the realization that someone specializing in one thing is awesome because it allows you to specialize in something different. And when those powers are combined, it's amazing. You don't, need to surround yourself with only people that are like you or think like you there's still a bigger there's a really big opportunity to team up with uh leaders that have a different mindset and so not necessarily like-minded but more like like light-hearted and literally leveraging taboo topics uh and group communication format to get people to like own their truth to step up and own their truth and stop hiding or stop disclaiming or stop subduing or stop beating around the bush filter the fluff show us your genius like a little kid would when they're in their bliss and when that happens um yeah it's really fun to see everyone specialize in their own way and then synergize those powers with a group of people it's pretty much a game changer i'd say for most people that's like where jp sears did his first comedy showing in a way oh wow Um, i didn't know that a lot of times major geniuses are activated and it's pretty powerful yeah it's like not a group of people that are like lying like oh you're so good at this you're so good at that it's gonna be like show us like show us you and we'll give you honest feedback and don't let us don't let us bias you on what you really want to do let us just be us you be you we'll find each other and it'll be great and, and it might be messy too and man like starting with that as like a three or four day experience a lot of those people that have been to the events I work with, I might live with, it's like becoming a family really quickly. I think it's reminding people that friends are family too. Yeah. With the, with the right containers set. And the container really, everyone owning their own healthy, loving selves, regardless of what everyone else around them is doing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's super important, uh, especially, you know, in today's world with all this kind of noise and distractions that we have there, you know, getting out into nature. You know, getting involved in these things. And like you said, I love how you play with language. I love how you kind of deconstruct things, reword things, you know, take a look at them and say, okay, well, you know, let's let's phrase this differently. Let's let's put this in a different container, as you said, or a different context. It's so important, you know, and I think that really what you said about not like-minded, but more like-hearted, you know, that's that's a super important thing to think about because oftentimes we think about getting together with people that think like us. But at the at the core, at our real deep rooted core fundamental human nature, we all want that human connection, that 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 thrill, what it is to be alive and to be being ourselves. 
And, you know, I think anyone that's ever experienced that in a, in a group setting, in a community setting, really gets that there. And, uh, you know, that's, a, that's amazing work that you're, that you're doing there with that, or amazing fun that you're doing, as you would say, right? Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, on that note, I yeah. would say, like, uh, we all think uh, differently so we can tell each other apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is very important, right? To be unique, to be you know, living your truth and your uniqueness. And then, man, that, that, that sort of like melting pot that comes together of all these unique individuals that makes up this group collective. That's, that's exciting. That's thrilling. That's, that's energizing. That's fun. Indeed. Indeed. And I think you were asking me something else that I'm happy to bounce back to. Yeah. So like, I, you know, I just, I love sort of, you know, the language that you're bringing to this, if we want to call it a movement, you know, this, this, this tribe. Um, I love, you know, the, the, what you talked about in your book and we can talk more about that. We can get to that, but it's, it seems like more of a, you know, like a, a vision, you know, this, this, this idea that's coming together, you know, breaking normal, this sort of like mantra, if you will. I love it. You know, I think there's, there's, it's, you know, it's so kind of, just for the right time right now. I mean, it's for any time, but where did this come from? Where, you know, walk me through, I guess, like your story, like how did you come to this realization? What gave you the sort of motivation to say, you know what, like I'm not accepting what society is handing out in this like allowable playpen of ideas and expression. I want to go beyond that. What, what, what happened for you? Probably, um, a like a piling up of frustration or a bullshit like seeing me seeing bullshit within communities that i was a part of whether it was a baseball team or a, my family or a group of friends where you know, everyone would talk about my one way with mike but when mike wasn't around they would talk about him in a different way mm. that's i think i got fed up with that and then I started studying. Um, uh, oh man, it's a long story, but let me think. The ex, the cliff notes. We got some long time. Story, you know. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, we started running retreats on like alternative spring break retreats instead of just going to Jamaica at a five star resort, like an all inclusive resort that looks just like where those people may have came from. Um, to get really trashed and like what happened there stays there kind of thing and blah blah blah, blah go live our lives for this four days and then go back to this normalcy that seems so seems so comfortable and fed it's it's as a uh I, all right so a lot of people like to eat wild food like what eating wild meat seems superior to farmed meats for most people if i had to guess mm-hmm and I do think there's a much different energy when someone is just eats what they're fed versus uh, going to choose for themselves. And I think I, it's like we just kept stacking. And these retreats, something about doing an alternative spring break retreat for one thing was like, oh, wow. Man, there's people. Like people answered the call. Like people were joining us instead of going to Cancun to get wasted. People were like coming to Costa Rica to bungee jump, surf. Uh, zip line. This was like 11 years ago. Costa Rica is so much more on the map now, it seems. Um, just have a great adventurous time and get to know each other and kind of like build a tribe. This was even before I even understood the concept. And um, then my brothers and I, we had a, a company 
called Rob Raws. We started promoting our lifestyle on YouTube, and that caught a lot of traction. And we started doing Rob Raws retreats. And we found that the like the retreats were the best, like the most fun. Regard even if we were surfing or doing something crazy, like skydive, whatever it was. I don't know if we went skydiving. We bungee jumped through the retreat before. I don't know if we ever went skydiving. Mm-hmm. I've been skydiving, but anyways, regardless of like the stereotypical highlight, the real highlight was like getting those group of people to communicate at such a high level, like such a different level, such a addressing the elephant in the room, nothing left unaddressed, uh, just people being freely themselves, even if it was controversial. Like those seem to be the highlights. So we started, uh, I partnered with one of my friends who was studying with the author of Radical Honesty. His name is Brad Blanton. And we started running retreats together. And my friend that was studying with Brad and I, and it was a lot of adventure in nature and a lot of like fun, comfortable communication so people could really be themselves and get to know each other. And there were so many awesome, like friendships and connections and marriages happened so fast. That's, that's where I met Deanna. You know, the... That's where you. That's where you met your wife. Yeah, at a Rob Ross retreat, and then we got married six months later. I proposed to her on uh, April Fool's Day, and we got married the next day. And it looks like you actually on the background of your Skype picture. Is that? Are you in Peru? Yeah, Machu Picchu. Yeah, awesome. So after our um, after our retreat in Albany, New York, we went to Peru for a month together, and yeah, it was just like stuff like that happens. Businesses are started, babies are bur- uh, conceived. <laughs> Uh, marriages are proposed. Uh, that's where actually JP proposed to Amber. Mm-hmm. He proposed to her at the Tribe Design in uh, Montana. They met at the Tribe Design in Costa Rica. So it's like an incredibly true, uh, tr- like an incredibly true affirm for these experiences. So we keep doing them, or they keep doing us. However you want to look <laughs> at it. And the current iteration is Tribe Design. Like after doing all these Rob Ross retreats with my brothers, I may have been like thirty or so. Um, they, they kind of, my youngest brother now runs like a wedding videography business and had just had his first son. And then my middle brother just is doing like real estate stuff in Tennessee currently. So we kind of started finding our own grooves, but I've really stuck with this um, idea of designing a tribe. And, and yeah, one of, I partnered with my, my friends, Frank J after a mastermind event and we just sat there and we were like, what do we want to do? What, what, what do we want to do? What do we want to do? What do we want to do? Like, what do, what's, what are we good at? Um, what's like trending? What would appeal to the most amount of people that we, how can we serve the most people? What, and after this like long talk, we decided we were going to do an international tribe design retreat. And with, uh, yeah, my wife was there and it was in a place called Anahola, Kauai. Mm-hmm. which is actually known to be like the birthplace of souls and mm. um, some sort of myth. A myth not meaning it's not true or not. I'm just like, it's just some sort, sort of idea. You know, and maybe in Hawaiian culture, I'm not exactly sure. So something was birthed there when we were there, I'll tell you that. And we, mm-hmm. ran, we decided to run our first event a month later and uh, pretty close by. And we almost got a like, hundred people there under this idea of a tribe design and amazing people. Like my friend, Dustin Thomas, people might know, like a lot of people know him from playing with Nako and medicine for the people. He, he does his own shows. Now he was just touring with like a John Butler trio. Oh, cool. Michael Franti and the spearhead and all that. And he, anyways, he opened, like he was the opening song to our tribe design all of a sudden in Kauai and we're in a circle with almost a hundred people. And I'm like, Whoa, this just all happened really fast. And here we are about uh, four or something years later, 
refining, refining this experience. And we've actually started training people to run tribe designs because so, it, it just so aligned with so many people that we created this pretty, like quite the initiation experience. And there has been more than a handful of people that have gone through it. And they are actually the ones that will be the main facilitators at our next tribe design in Austin. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, you said uh, initiators and, and I feel like this is, is so important because, you know, I, I, I read a lot of, um, like, uh, you know, Joseph Campbell and, and, uh, Robert Bly and this, you know, um, King warrior, magician, lover, and, and these books kind of geared towards men and, and, and rites of initiation and rites of passage and these sorts of things. And, I think this is something that we're really lacking, you know, sort of in our world, at least in, you know, our mainstream uh, world, uh, that we don't really get these things. We don't really get these initiations. We don't really get to express ourselves, you know. Um, and what I see, what I find from this is people that are really kind of suffering, you know, they're suffering because they haven't really found their their true inner self. They haven't really gone through the necessary initiation rights in order to be leaders of the tribe that we all exist in, this human tribe that we are. Um, and, you know, that kind of leads to these man-child kind of people that are just running amok and, and messing everything up and they don't really have, you know, they haven't really come fully into their, their selves. Is, is there, I, I know you work, you work with men and women, you work with everyone, you know, um, is there anything in particular for you, you know, that being a man, you know, and helping other men, um, you know, sort of find themselves a little bit more or, you know, just realize that like, hey, it's okay. I can like, I can cry or I can talk about my feelings or something. Is that something you've experienced yourself and, and witnessed? Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's probably rooted in the idea of a misunderstanding competition. Um, or maybe someone would say out of balance masculinity or toxic. To, I don't know. I, I hear a lot about toxic masculinity lately. I'm like, it's like a buzzword all of a sudden. Yeah, it's a buzzword. Yeah, that's trending. It's trending. <laughs> so when someone un misunderstands what competition is at its core, um, if they think if if someone's comp competing under the context that the person they're competing with is on a different team than they're on, then they're confused. I would say, I think we're all on the same team. And I think we think differently for a big reason. I think we even have polarity for a big reason. What, what, is, what that, is that? What, why do you think oh, that? Oh, it's like iron sharpening iron. It's as DNA, it's in our chemistry. Uh, like these, the bonds that make up DNA are tightly woven in an upward spiral because it, it, there's this like constant pull and push there's these it's a magnet it's like a magnet mm. i don't know why I, that's a great question it's like why is like the yin yang or why is dna like that why, like, why yeah that gets to the real question that gets to, this is where it gets to in my opinion questions are arguably superior to answers because i, I don't know, i'm more suspicious of an answer than i am um, I feel like curiosity is meant to be. I think it's it, without having a desire, then why would we want to live? And I think one of the truest desires is to like learn and love. And there is a grand mystery that I think if we all agreed, it would be boring. 
Mm, so right. how can we like team up with these disagreements or these polarities or these differences rather than resorting to like destroying one another? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the issue. That's the situation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, you know, locking ourselves in a cage of our own, you know, the prison of our own beliefs or the prison of our own, uh, you know, reality that we think is reality. And, you know, like you so expertly showcased on the cover of your book, you know, this guy in, in a jail cell, <laughs> you know, uh, sitting behind bars here. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, he's got this long nose, this long Pinocchio nose, and there's a key hanging out on the outside there. And that, that I think, is, is something that really communicates uh, a lot of power. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what, what this represents, you know, what this is. Uh, you know, it's breaking normal, rewild your inner child and set the truth free. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about, about that and that image and what that, that means to you. Yeah, and to and to just continue, like it is so on brand for what we were just communicating about. The like when I yeah, there is an initiation factor in men to fully be themselves. Yeah, and to yeah, to show up. It doesn't matter if you win or lose as much as it matters as you show up. And the idea of winning and losing or competing is meant to drive you to the next level. Now, some people are so scared of doing a certain way. Um, that they won't try, that they'll sit there in their self-imposed prison with all like a reality that's completely contrived from their own mind. And yes, people that do that have typically been highly influenced by like cultural means or ideas, maybe perpetuated from their preachers or teachers that may be like what they blame. But I believe like where blame begins, reality ends. So that person that's sitting in the self-imposed prison is probably in a state of blame or victimization rather than one of creation. Mm. And I, yeah, back to the competition with the, uh, yeah, that's a big thing of the initiation is getting men to show up fully how they are in a loving way and we're, as we're all on the same team. And you'll realize that competition is cooperation and that, that's that any any blaming anyone else for anything is not real because we're the ones that are choosing our perception right now right yeah yeah and i think it's the the recognition uh or the realization of of that like oh i am choosing this or holy shit i have a choice and you know the reason why i kind of brought up men is because well i mean i'm a man and you're a man and you know i think that you know trying to focus on maybe like improving you know that demographic you know help that helps women too that helps everybody right yep yeah yeah i think like every time i love all us also these events because we're highly catalytic to people communicating what they really are quickly and i love that because i feel like a whole new world opens up to me there is a cultural collective belief that there is one earth and that's cool, but I also think there's like seven and a half billion or so or eight billion universes right now that I can that I can learn about by getting to know someone when they are willing to accurately report what's happening for them. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and to use like the breaking normal language, you universe, right? Like <laughs> from your perspective exactly. subjective yeah. perspective, yeah. Um yeah, amazing. So 
Yeah, you have you have a lot going on. Uh, you know, you have uh, the tribe designs. You have, I think, an app that I saw that you you just released. Um, this podcast, the Breaking Normal podcast, the book that I read last year that's fantastic and highly recommend to everybody. What what's kind of really piquing your interest the most? Um, I know sometimes it could be hard to sort of like pick one. Maybe it all kind of comes together for you. But what's kind of currently keeping you excited and motivated and, you know, having fun and, and what are you most interested in, you know, working on right now? Yeah, I think the major, the major freedom catalyst in my life right now, if I was going to pinpoint it on one entity is probably my daughter. Um, she's almost two. She's learning about the world very much through me. Amazing. And I don't know what's most more important than her. So how I show up for her is probably very indicative of how I'm showing up for a lot of things, mm. including with my wife, including with my dog, including with my business, including with my friends, including with my family, including with myself. So I'd use that as a, a gauge for sure. That's a high priority is making sure Davina is experiencing the world in a way that I would say is less biased by cultural limitations and more geared towards creativity and curiosity. Mm, excellent. Yeah. Every child should have that opportunity. That's amazing. So your, your daughter is, is your guru. <laughs> indeed indeed one of one of like i said a billion but man right. she is really the one i've chosen to spend the most time with yeah and i think most people would probably recognize you and davina from uh the viral video that really kind of went off and it's the the ohm daddy um she's crying and you give her a nice ohm and she just is there sitting quietly in bliss, entranced in what you're, what's going on. Is that, was that something that you started doing a lot and you're like, hey, this is working, let me share this with people? Or was that just something that happened in the moment? And, and also, you know, on top of that, like, how, how was that for you to have something like that go so viral like that? Yeah, awesome. Um, basically, we, I was, I, we, my friends, family, I think my friend Ryan Baldish from Mystic Misfits may have been one of the first person that suggested a group oming on Davina inside Vienna's belly. So that became a bit of a, uh, a ritual of sorts, like oming to Davina in the belly. So when Davina was out of the belly, um, I would also om to her. And I was doing this live video with her like laying by my side. It was pretty fresh off the birth. And probably about two weeks or so, I think. And um, she just started, like, all of a sudden, for like 18 minutes or 19 minutes in the live video, she was so peaceful and calm. And then all of a sudden, she started raging and, like, screaming. So, so <laughs> I, 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 just, I just, just stopped what I was saying and doing, and I just owned it to her. Two seconds later, she was sleeping. And uh, then I, I was like, oh, that was, like, Man, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so synchronistic. D Dustin Thomas, actually, I remember him making a comment. He's like, whoa. And then all these other comments started pouring in. I'm like, wow, I'm going to re upload that clip on my fan page. 
And then that video got like a million of views per hour for about 24 hours or so. Yeah. And uh, then it's now it's still going viral, like on different news channels and different social media pages. And <laughs> that's how that happened. Yeah. Yeah, I just I watched it the other day and sent it to my brother who uh, has some you know crying children. So I was like, "Hey, check this out!" You know, and every time I see it too, it just brings me so much joy because it's like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> you know, it's just like, "Oh, that's look at that that kind of like that sound of the universe." You know, whatever you know, Alm is like it's something I think that resonates with us on a really deep level, and you know, and then you could just see it right there. It's apparent in that video. Yeah, it's pretty special. It's so special. And, and obviously, when it went so viral, so much stuff was happening. You're asking what happened. There was so much. Like, I haven't even, I don't think I had published my book at this point. And I was like, man, what? Come on. Like, news channels were interviewing me, and they, <laughs> I was like, maybe really nice to tell them about Breaking Normal. Oh, yeah. So there was definitely a crunch time to like start producing content, like uh, making, like finishing the book and such. Oh, Actually, so that you happened were, right you, when the, you were working on it at the time, but it wasn't done. It, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, that was the order. I got it published pretty quickly after the birth, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, right, when right, I, right. <laughs> when I saw that birth, I was like, "Where am I waiting? Why where am I waiting for? It's time for me to birth this book." Because I was sitting on it for a while. Yeah. So a lot happened, and, and I made more videos because a lot most common. Like, does it always work? And I'm like, no. I mean, what does it work? What does that even mean? Does it work? Does she go to sleep every time I owned her? No. Does it calm her? Probably. Does she always stop crying? No. Uh, but it works in the sense that I'm oming and I'm bringing more awareness to my breath and I'm like connecting with my daughter. It's always working in that way. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I made more videos and they, of the ones that like worked, like people thought they worked, like from her from screaming to calming. And those are still going viral. So it's just like this. Uh, it's funny. It's funny to see like so many celebrities, like Marianne Williamson shared it. That was cool. And I was like, um, <laughs> Jay Shetty shared it, but he didn't tag me. That was interesting. That was, that's happened as well. Like people wanted me to license the video. There was these licensing companies and I, I, I talked to JP about it some and I, I don't know. It's something about licensing and ohm didn't sound <laughs> so. How do we organic. capitalize on this baby? Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it was more like actually that's it. Really seems to want to be you. Be, it's still spreading, so it's so fascinating to me. Like there's the the frequency that really resounds the most is it ohm, right? Yeah. Yeah, I could just see, like you were saying, being interviewed on news shows and stuff. I could just see, like, a lot of people being like, So, is this the trick? Is this the solution? Is this how I shut my kid up? And it's like, you know, you just brought up a great point. And, like, you know, like, yeah, it's like it's working all the time because as a parent, you're probably getting to, like, step back from what's going on, center yourself, take a breath, and get into the moment. So, yeah, it's always working on some level, but it's not like a magical trick to shut a baby up, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it might be, though. It like might be in certain contexts. It doesn't work the same way every time, but like in the beginning, especially the very first, like I would say new parents, I would highly encourage you to uh, not only to experiment with it because it might seem like magic, and not because it's always going to be like that, but then you might make it a habit of owning with your child. What a cool ritual. Yeah, definitely. Good bonding experience for sure. Did you uh did you always want to have kids? Did you ever think about that before you got married and and 
started a family? Was that something that crossed your mind? Yeah, yeah, I've been always like aligned with the idea of reproducing, of creating new life with the woman that I love. Um, It wasn't something that was like, I got to do this. This is my bucket list. This is what I'm meditating on. But it seemed by like me doing what was what seemed to be more most blissful or exciting or passionate aligned me with that out of nowhere. Like the time when I met Deanna was probably the time of my life when I was highly curious if I would if I'm even interested in being married or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, a lot of people, you know, I with you know my girlfriend, we think about this kind of stuff and you know we i think we both want kids but it's like whoa like the responsibility like oh that just like kind of <laughs> terrifies me to some degree cuz it's like man i feel like a kid still you know and it's like i know you don't have to kind of like make this separation i could still live in that that world but it's like you know did, to what degree did this kind of like change your life did did you feel changed afterwards i'm sure you did um what what did that feel like for you yeah, a totally new season, a totally new season. And I, yeah, I did, I had none of those stories. Like, oh, I know a lot of people, a lot of people were basically, this is how it worked for us. A lot of people were telling us, you know, when you have a dog, this isn't happening. Because I've been traveling at this point in my life for like six or seven years. And this is before breaking his birth as a name or as a memetic or as a meme. And I, um, I, I had so many people telling me what I was doing wasn't going to work when this happened. Mm-hmm. Haters, and I, I and then some of those were like just friends too. They just like they couldn't handle the idea that uh, this would could work. Right, <laughs> whatever that means. Once again, whatever the heavens works me works me. Yeah, and I um, so sure enough, I started traveling. For instance, well, I've been traveling with De- Deanna. You know, like when you have a girlfriend, you can't do that anymore, Daniel. All of a sudden, I had a girlfriend, and I was traveling the world still and loving it and running retreats with her together. Nice. And then um, we got married. And then I like still doing that. And all of a sudden, I had a bonsai plant that I was traveling. She gave me a bonsai plant one time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Like, oh, my goodness, I love it. But what do I do with it? And I was like, oh, I'll just travel. I'll just travel with it. And I was traveling around the world with a bonsai plant. And then... She wanted a pit bull, and all of a sudden, my grandma's dog had a puppy, and it was like, "Oh my god!" Or puppies, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Because I had all these people, like, you know, what's going to happen when you get that dog? And, and in actuality, all these things that people warned me that, oh, when this happens, you're not going to be able to do this anymore. It seems like by me having a dog, a wife, and a baby, it's just opened up more world of possibilities. Um, and I, I love it. I just get to see, like, it just—it's a faster way of growing. And um, I'm, I guess I'm not too scared to be fun, comfortable. I enjoy the experience of living and the sensations that come with it and the mystery that's embedded in, in the amazing opportunity, like the amazing adventure that we're all on. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Does that answer <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some totally. of your questions? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I think a lot of people can relate to that. You know, it's like so many of these things that we want to take on or do and, you know, people saying, oh, you can't do that or you can't do this or what are you going to do when this happens or that happens? And, you know, I think this is just sort of a, a part of the proof of like, well, you just kind of accept the the the, the call and you go with it, right? I mean, that's that's you, you find a way to make it work, uh, I, I assume, right? 
Yeah, I'm looking at these trees out the window as we're having this conversation, and I'm seeing all these different capillaries. Like it's it's like before it's right before spring here, and the trees are pretty bare. And I imagine that like the branches that were <laughs> thinking it couldn't be done didn't make it through like the cracks of the concrete, mm. or didn't make it through the windstorms. It's just like the way you the way to find out what you're capable of is keep going. Mm-hmm. To keep going and to keep choosing. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a big part of the Breaking Normal mission for me, my vision, is to find out my own truth and to surround myself with other people that are, like, supercharged about telling theirs. Yeah, totally. And and I think, like, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, no, I'm, I'm just listening. Oh, yeah, um, I was going to say, like, yeah, totally. I mean, like, this is, and I think some, you know, maybe if I was explaining, oh yeah, like there's this thing, you know, breaking normal, whatever, you know, um, people may, might think like, well, what does that mean? Like, what do I, like, do I, do I have to like dye my hair green or like chant at the moon and like sit in lotus position on top of my head, uh, you know, and the vernal equinox and it's like, well, you know, no, I think there's things that we can do every day. Right. And like, you know, along these journeys, along the road, there's things that happen. There's situations that open up and we get involved with and we move our, our lives forward. What are some things, and I know you talk about this in the book, but I'm, I'm interested in, in having you share that with our listeners. Like, what are some things that you put into practice in, in your life uh, that helps you kind of keep going, keep going with the flow, accepting what's coming, moving on, continuing the journey? What are some practices, some beliefs, some some things, some rituals maybe that you incorporate into your 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 daily life? Awesome. Yeah, I figured this would come up in the Mikeadelic podcast. Um man, I think firstly faith. Firstly, once again reminding myself and y'all that we're the ones that are choosing our perception. That's a big realization for me yeah and i realize i'm choosing how to perceive things which pretty much dictates my reality if i understand this correctly uh that's a big deal it's, it's as if we are yeah i do believe we're all connected to the same source uh, just as like the leaves are to the same source of the tree but i also think we're all having our individual experiences and that having faith they're like wow my i get to choose how to perceive this reality so i'm choosing that i'm living the best life possible now and forever that only gets better job bless in jesus name amen like i believe that and i don't always know how that's going to show up um but man when i have that faith it seems that god or the creator of the universe or what that source of all of us is on my side in that mission so that's probably the number uh, one, the number one things like overlying that, and then I've done all. I do all. I'm very ritualistic. Like I can get into these routines and rituals that are, especially because I think I've been traveling for so long. It's pretty important to me to feel like have a way of feeling connected with something stable. <laughs> yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, grounding, a little anchor. Yeah. And um, because like it's not like I've lived in the same house. Uh, I I barely lived in the same house for over a month in the last eleven years. Like our biggest commitment was the fourteen months in Encinitas when Divina, right before Divina, Diana gave birth to Divina. So 
so I've lived a pretty unique lifestyle in that sense. Uh, so on that similar it's helped me, I think, where a lot of people fall short of being able to continue on that type of tour. It's first they don't sleep enough, in my opinion. I, I, I really uh, <laughs> also prioritize my sleep. Mm-hmm. So there's important. Like, there's like faith and there's sleep. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't woken up with, an, with any device or alarm in I can't remember how long, like the last two decades maybe decade or something i don't know but i know you talk about that too in the book and it's it's so important right yeah yeah i i like it's just the same thing like this phone i'm looking at my phone i I believe like phones all the technology of our phone mimics the technology we have in our own body and that's why we can this is why this is so amazing it's just getting closer this technology is getting closer to mimicking our actual potential and um this phone needs to charge (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh, and your body long, needs to charge is that a metaphor how, will this phone, how long will this phone last without charging <laughs> how yeah how long does the phone last without charging and how long does the phone last with, if you charge it routinely and yeah i think our bodies are much more extreme than that even and so i yeah i'm a big believer in sleep without getting too dogmatic about it and i mean like sleeping good sleeping rested sleeping well um, and water, I think drinking the best water I can get in the most organic aligned way is extremely important because that's next. It's like, what's my body made of water? Um, I'm, I'm more water than anything else from my understanding on the physical level. Right. So what kind of water am I consuming? And uh, I almost consume a, like three or four liters of a, a day. So I, everyone is in different places in the world. And I know some people drink tap water and that's interesting slash crazy to me. Um, why, I, why is that? Why is that interesting slash crazy to you? Oh well, first of all, it's treat is most tap waters are treated with a white powder, and that white powder, I'm pretty certain, not only includes uh, either chlorine and or fluoride, uh, but maybe other things as well. I haven't really gotten many clear answers on what's in that white powder, other right. than the fluoride and the chlorine, which I don't think I need to consume. No, I don't think we need that. Yeah. It's amazing that we just get the, they're just like, don't worry, we'll put some chemicals in there for you and just, you know, spout it out through all your faucets. Like, yeah, I I use a filter, a pretty aggressive filter. So, (laughs) yeah. And yeah, so the best water I would say is spring water, like just fresh spring water right from the earth. Oh yeah. And, but there's different, we do, you know, someone in a desert may, it might be important to carry water with them. Right. So I'm not dogmatically, oh, we drink from a spring. Um, but I do think there's different degrees. So I, I like to take my water sincerely and really appreciate the water um, and the air. Same thing with the air, man. What's the thing that we can last the least amount of time without is oxygen slash air. Yeah. So it was actually uh, really funny. I was, <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I'm, I'm smoking like a, a nicotine vape because I used to smoke cigarettes. I quit, you know, I quit a bunch of times, or whatever. And I was like, yeah, this, this vape is just, you know, it's probably not that bad. Right. And he's like, he just like put, took a pause and looked at me. He's like, well, he's like, it's not as good as air. <laughs> That's for sure. I was like, God oh, damn it. You're right. Shit. It, yeah, it's not as good as air. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Air is amazing. It's amazing. I like, I love today. We had a nice cold day. I love breathing in the cold air because I make it a pr- that's another ritual for years now, maybe years, maybe multiple years now is like really doing a lot of breath work, typically in the morning near cold, fresh water or co- and or cold water if I can. 
And uh, that's pretty important to me. That's a pretty important way to keep me supercharged once again. That's like charging what you know, there's just also the same way with the phone metaphor. You can charge your, someone can charge your phone with a broken cord or a cord that's not as effective or a power outlet that's not as effective, or you can really supercharge quickly. And I make sure, I usually get high on oxygen every morning, that's for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the food, you know, the food, I definitely choose to eat. <sighs> I guess the ideal thing would be wild foods wild foods that would grow great without any intervention. I'm not only eating wild foods, but I think that's a good standard. It gets appear like a same way tribes used to eat. They would forage and hunt their food because farming, even as a, as um, an expression on the map, I mean, there's been a lots of issues that have come with culture since the industrial revolution and farming. Right. So I think it's just something to be good aware. I, I, I love farmers. I have so many friends that are farmers, and it's so amazing. I think farming and growing food is so miraculous. Like that's so awesome. But when farming and business mix, it can get a little cloudy. Right. So that's another reason I like uh, the f- wild foods for sure. And then um, just rituals, uh, especially because the psychedelic. I'm imagining y'all talk a lot about psychedelics. Yes, we do. Such, yeah, cool. So I, uh, this is not only psychedelics. First of all, I'm going to give a since the psychedelic show. I'm not, I, I feel like a lot of people that are into psychedelics are anti-alcohol. Mm-hmm. That might be a stereotype that might or might not be true. I love good beer. I love good sure. beer. So do I. Yeah, I've been loving good beers for a while. I'm in the craft uh, beer capital of the world. I think Denver, Colorado. So yeah. I love beer. Yeah, yeah, y'all have some good ones. Y'all got great ones. I even interviewed the founder of Stone Brewery on my podcast recently. That was awesome. Oh, nice. And I do think there's something about two beers that's a, a nice dosage. Two beers, I think, is a good dosage for me. I'll admit that you know, the two beers I drank today were nine percent. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's like, eh, where do you draw the line? But I, I. I, I've been doing that. Whether I'm not, and this is the where it gets weird for me because uh, the, the psychedelics or medicine or drugs or any advice, really. Actually, the, the funny thing is with uh, the founder of Stone Brewery, he was really talking about this concept of ignoring everyone, how important it is to ignore everyone. I think there's in a book called that. And um, so I also, my, my, his main advice to me was to get everyone to ignore everyone. And I, so I want to pass that bit along before anyone tries to mimic me. Sure. So, but I can, I can accurately report what I do for sure. And that's like it, an ideal protocol for me would be keeping a ritual of like six days a week. That's something that really works. And then doing like a rest day on the seventh. And what's worked for me lately, like um, I love having in the morning when I wake up a green drink, or actually first 16 ounces of celery juice, organic pressed celery juice. Mm. I love that first. And that's a medical medium protocol. That's another whole rabbit trail. Someone can go up or down. Right. Yeah. I've, uh, I've seen that recently. Yeah. He, he strongly suggests that. And I agree with that. It's a great idea. Um, then I make a green drink with uh, a lot of citrus, maple syrup, kratom. Kratom seems to be a taboo tea. Right. Um, yes. Spirulina, golden milk, black seed oil. This is what I'll even tell you guys. Let me just tell you what I did today. That's what I did. I drank that. And then I have a mushroom mixture of the Stamet 7 mm. um, from Host Defense. I had yeah. two of those. And then I had two Lion's Mane. And then I 
at a, another mushroom, the ones that are, I think, legal in New Mexico, but maybe not everywhere else, just one. Like a very small, like point, I imagine like point, point two grams. Right. And um, then I went to do all that, like the breath work and the polar plunging and the <laughs> yoga and the climbing. And then I did some hopping before swimming. Oh, nice. Yes. I, I have hoppe some with like me right now. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, yeah, so I, I get kind of hot. That's a way of administering like tobacco. That's good. I'm more like a shamanistic tobacco slash mixed with other barks and herbs and such. Is that how you would describe it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then um, you kind of blow it up your own nose in a way or <laughs> someone else does it for you. Yep. And I did a little bit of that. And my, my body, it's freaking freezing. <laughs> it was cold out today. And I love doing that before swimming in cold water. Like I was actually swimming training. This is something I recently experimented with doing it before swimming. And it, I really am enjoying that. Cause you know, it, it really drains first of all, my face, it really drains my sinuses. And to do that in this well-fed pool while I'm swimming and I'm cold and my body's being heated up from the hape. It's like, wow, that feels real nice. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I actually interviewed uh, someone for a podcast. And this way, I usually smoke cannabis and or tobacco mixed later in the day. But sometimes I'll do it earlier in the day. And I uh, puffed on some herbs, did my podcast, and then came here, played with a baby, connected over my, my, one of my business partners about growing the business, um, puffed some more herbs had these two peers then i'll have a magnificent dinner probably if i if i'm if everything goes right i'll get intimate in a primal way with my queen <laughs> nice. and then i'll see if i can sleep because i've been training pretty hard in the morning so that was today and that's somewhat indicative of many of those days when i'm not taking a rest day of sorts right um but it varies so much as well. Like I, I it all de- it all depends. But some of those like kratom and tobacco and cannabis and beer and a little uh, those in small dosages, I've been using for a while. And I have like I've had guilt or judgments or ideas come out around that. Um, I'm not sure why exactly. I can't tell if it's like an ancestral thing, a cultural thing, an actual thing. Because right. mostly I feel like my regiment really works for me and I'm like, and I get really good results, but I do notice that, that temptation of the self-imposed prison <laughs> as an option as well. I, mean, I keep a safe distance from these days. Yeah. Amazing. You, you you shared so many uh, wonderful things there and, you know, um, I kind of have a lot to say, but I, I think, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, earlier on as you started sharing that, uh, uh, something about um, you know God and faith as well, um, and and I would love for you to kind of maybe talk a little bit about how that informs your your values or the morals that you live by, and and how that meshes with the the practices that you put into place. Yeah, the definitely. I think I've definitely uh, I've definitely now, I, I don't know if I've talked about this much, but I definitely like pray in the name of Jesus a lot, especially when using substances or. Plants. I don't. Substances are such a weird name because most of the things that I'm calling substances are actually either plants that are just ground up or fermented. Right. Yeah. It's pretty much all natural or, stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Or burned and, and inhaled. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I think there's something there that it's a spirit. It is an act of, uh, it's like a spiritual act. And I think when we're in the spirit realm, uh, when I'm in the spirit, if, I, if I'm in a place I believe is open more than usual spiritually, it's very important for me to remind myself to choose faith. And I think the one way I've done that over the years is my belief in God and having a faith in Yeshua and what that represents. And that, you know, it's like, it's good. It's, 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 everything is taken care of. It's good. Lean back. Enjoy this experience. This is a gift. Dream big. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yes, it is. It's just so wonderful to be in this domain of, of reality, to be breathing and to be, you know, all of our organs to be functioning and we don't have to, you know, do anything necessarily. And really, you know, for all of us out there that are functioning fairly healthy and in our lives, it's like, what a gift, what a, what a grateful feeling. And now you, I, I know you, you, you've kind of talked about um, meditation and, and prayer and kind of the differences between those things. And, you know, I think that a, a lot of people sort of in the psychedelic spiritual consciousness realm kind of understand, you know, meditation and its values and benefits. And I'd love for you to share that as well, what you, you know, what you get from that. But also, I'd love to hear more about, about prayer and, and, and how, you know, what that means to you and, and how that really kind of helps you and and you know what why maybe some people should consider maybe praying a little bit more yeah yeah i mean i i simply and really believe that prayer is synonymous with expression or speaking like i think everything i say i'm praying Mm. and that meditation is pretty much the other side of that coin, which is like accepting or acknowledging or listening. And I think when we do that on purpose and someone calls in a meditation and or a prayer, that's like a ceremoniously significant. And that's awesome because it's reminding us of the reality that we're always in. Right. So I believe we're, me and you are praying and meditating together. And I also believe this is, in the Bible, like you know, under more religious context, when I think it's said that like where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. I think when two people are together, that's that's church. Wow. And man, that just speaking, that just kind of hit me, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I believe we're in church praying and meditating together. <laughs> Awesome. And when people symbolize it, that's special as well. That actually, it's like I can go to just eat in a corner. I can just go hurry up and eat a hot dog or a hamburger or French fries real quick, or I can like sit around and enjoy a meal with like my family and friends and make it ceremonious and have candles and good music and outdoors over a fire. Yeah, but, but they're both so significant. I just think one is more intentional. So. Yeah, I think we're praying all the time. And to be intentional about it is super powerful because the symbols that we charge with emotion are really powerful. I'm not sure actually what's more powerful than an idea. Than an idea. Mm. And ideas are conveyed with words and with, with paired with emotion. And when someone can do that in a powerful way, they can, they can historically create a holocaust or an exodus 
or a war or peace or whatever. It almost seems like anything's possible. Right. A party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is, that is awesome. You know, I, I grew up uh, Catholic and um, I went through a phase where for a period of time, and you know, this kind of relates to a little bit what you were talking about before about how breathing clean air and drinking clean water and eating clean food. And you know, that I went through this phase where I real I kind of realized and you know the catalyst was probably a profound psychedelic experience. Um not, not probably it was. <laughs> it was a high dose LSD experience. And that kind of that really broke me out of my self-imposed prison. And it also sh- you know gave light to sort of the reality of what we call reality, what we call normal, what we accept, what we allow, you know? And so I went through this phase of like, well, the fucking church is a lie. It's a scam. It's terrible. You know, fuck that. And became this kind of militant atheist. The government is just poisoning everyone and trying to kill everyone. They're polluting our air, water, all, you know, and like, sure, there's like some truths to all this kind of stuff, but I I got really kind of aggressive about it and for a while, and it was kind of off-putting. I mean, some people really dug into it you know if you think of like someone like alex jones you know who's just you know they're putting fluoride in the water and you know and it's like yeah there's like a truth to all that kind of stuff but in the way that you sort of present it in the way that you kind of you know uh communicate that i think is so important so you know i guess i what i want to ask is like did you have this sort of like coming to a realization moment of all these things that we accept as being kind of normal and, and in our world that, you know, it's not really, it's not really being given to us by the wisest people that are benevolent and looking out for us. So kind of requires us to like do a little inner work and search and, and, and think for ourselves a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm wondering like what that was like for you, if you had any sort of angry emotions associated with that, like I did, and and how you kind of handled that and, and transitioned to sort of the really fun, peaceful, um, you know, method that you have been applying to your life now and for the past, you know, years. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a pendulum of sorts that the fr- frustration, frustration is usually a mask for something bigger which might be a mask for anger, which might be a mask for sadness, which might be a mask for unconditional love. And I, yeah, it's a, it's a constant opportunity. It seems to choose faith over fear or frustration over fun. And anything that I see, if I get some, like I've been, I've seen some things around here lately, like um, these people spraying, like someone that's been hired to spray trees for weeds <laughs> and whatever the freak, first of all, what the heck is a weed and why are so people, somebody worked up about a weed? <laughs> Goddamn what's weeds, we gotta get rid of them. The, <laughs> what's the difference between a weed and a flower? Like what is this weed? thing and regardless maybe there's someone will have a great answer is it necessary to hire someone to spray poison on trees next to playgrounds where kids and dogs play (laughs) 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's I got I'm like come on. I I like I, I, it would be weird for me to get mad at the guy that's getting paid to do it because I don't, he's like more of a messenger of this idea. Um. But yeah, to me, they're like me being frustrated about that is a huge opportunity for me to do something about it. It's like mm. a little spice. It's a little spice for this meal of life. Yeah. I don't need to be dis- destructive. I don't need to get angry in a way that is not cultivating more power in me. Um, I don't need to leak my anger. Or I don't need to deflect it. I don't. I'll, I'll, I can use that as fuel for my fire to do something more fun and faithful. And for one, that's speaking about it. Right. Like we are right now, because because I believe like what's more powerful than an idea. So when I can speak about these ideas, maybe other people will get frustrated enough to start asking why the frustrated fucking regulated are people spraying trees with poison because right. weeds might come up. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, we've just embodied that idea so much as a culture. I mean, everybody, it's cliche by now, but it's like, you know, those like ads for, well, are you feeling sad and depressed or, you know, take Zoloft, you know, side effects may include like suicidal thoughts. You might eat your whole family and become a cannibal. And it's like, (laughs) whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we've just gotten used to this idea of like, Hey, if there's a problem, let's just put some chemicals on it. Let's just spray some poisonous shit. Let's take poisonous shit. Let's put it on our skin. And, um, you know, (laughs) it's just strange. I I think that like, and you know, I know this is kind of a a big question, but like, why do you think we accept this and like allow it? Well, I I don't think we do like that. Like I said, I trust that me and you don't, that's why we're talking about it. That's why I think we're taking our most aligned action on it. Right. Um, and then I think other people maybe don't do anything about it to even add fuel to the fire of people that will do something about it. I mean, I think, uh, nature is fierce mm-hmm. and that one of the way I see it to create a new life uh, slash a new divina, I may have expressed billions of entities in the form of unique sperm. Uh, one landed, one created a new world. And I don't know. I don't know if nature is that fierce. I don't know if it's like one out of billions or the one that creates a whole new earth. Or that's that also intrigues me more about Jesus. Um, but <laughs> and all like any spiritual master, it's like, whoa, whoa, yeah. is it really like this? Like, is it really <laughs> that not Napoleon Hill? Let's put it this way. Uh, have you read Outwitting the Devil? I have not. No, I know oh, Napoleon man, Hill, a, but I haven't read that book. Yeah, that's a freaking good one. That's so good. Uh, he basically claims to have a conversation with the devil, and the and the devil like it's almost like he's channeling the devil or something. And the devil, uh, pretty much expresses that he has ninety eight percent of the population on, um, like uh, hypnotic trance and mm-hmm. drifting under his spell. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like I, that does. In a way, I wonder sometimes: is that true? I can see the point. I can. See, I've considered it. I think so. I. I think. But so. it's scary. It's scary to even consider that for me because I don't believe. There's a part of me that doesn't believe it. Like I believe in something. I. I mean, it just might be a slight shift in my perception or something. I'm still wanting to wrap my mind around why do people not ask those questions? Like, why does someone not? ask in school or like how does that happen how does someone go from like a curious child that's willing to scream for what they want 
to like being manipulated and to do it, like living their whole life to fit into the rest of the herd. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when you think about it, you know, it is, it, it, it can be startling. And I think that that's a reason why I sort of got into a very militant, aggressive attitude about things. Cause I was like, fuck man, we've been lied to, you know, all this shit, you know? And, um, so I think that, I think that kind of knowing that and sort of knowing that that is the case, but also knowing that like, you know, at, at the blackest of nights in, in, in the sky, the stars are still there, you know, and then every once in a while it's a, it's a, it's a black night and you can't see anything. And one little star pops out in the distance and it's like, yes, like there is the light, like there is light coming through the darkness. And, you know, I kind of tend to think that, that's sort of the situation that maybe we're in where there's this kind of big darkness, but people need to know that, that they're stars and that they're, they're shining all the time and that we can, you know, we can penetrate through that darkness. And, you know, um, I don't know, maybe that sounds a little grandiose, but I, I kind of tend to maybe believe that. I think that nothing can really stop light uh, from, from coming through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like one, one candle can light every other candle. There's no shortage of the flame. And I I agree. I agree. It's like maybe that's just the same distance we are from the sun. Maybe that's the same amount of space we need from the light as a collective so that we can keep evolving. Who knows? Um, It's a big, it's it's a big, a big mystery. But I think like with uh, another answer to the question is another suggestion book is virus of the mind. That's a good one. Like now that we've recommended Breaking Normal, Outwitting the Devil, Virus in the Mind. That's a good cocktail of ingredients to explore the question of why that is. And my guess is Virus in the Mind might, uh, under that context, it would be that culture may have been created basically to control and subdue people for for the sake of the system, which may have been pretty vital at that point. Um, But it's like almost the... So the idea has taken over and now we're recovering as a species and like coming out of an emotional dark age where this system like overtook people's intuition mm-hmm. just as like why people fear that could artificial intelligence took over, uh, take over if something goes a buggy in the program or something. Right. The, that I think that has happened in a way with the artificial intelligence of ideas and people like kind of bought into a bunch of, stories from people that were becoming very like independently rich yeah and that's no longer that uh, we're trying we're evolving from that real fast with the new you know the new value is in ideas anything any good or service that can be replicated from a robot or whatever it might be i think it's going to become quite obsolete as a as a valuable thing pretty quickly Right. So it's like being a human is what's valuable. Like being completely activated in our human bodies is what's valuable. So let's go ahead and do it and let's celebrate. And maybe that contrast is kind of like, why do people love movies that are like the hero where the hero's journey is embedded? Right. Maybe we're on our own hero's journey as a as humanity. So we're all, so we all can continue celebrating together on the adventure. Yeah. Amen to that for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, this like seeing people out out there like you doing this bringing this to life 
you know, using this democratization of information, this decentralization of information and, and resources and sharing through the internet, you know, we could, we could just be terrible, right? Like we could use the internet and we could yell at each other and call each other fat and, you know, all kinds of names and argue with each other about who's right all day. And we can get sucked into this thing and, and it can become a prison, right? Just like anything else. Or we could use it to sort of wake people up and, and show them a different way, just show them a different way. And say, hey, like, you know, there's people out, like, we don't have to play this game. Like, we can play a different game. It's, and it's, I'm telling you, you're probably going to like it. It's fun, right? It's, it's different. It's, it's engaging. It's unique. But it requires your participation. You know, it requires your, your choice, you know, your decision. And, you know, I think that, that this, is, this is a great time to be alive and a great time to be doing this stuff and bringing that message out there. And, uh, you know, I know you have... Um, your latest project is the Breaking Normal podcast, and that's just another avenue for you to bring this message out to the people. Tell me about that. Like, tell me about how that got started, and and you know what, um, you know what you're learning going going through this process and building this podcast, and who you're interviewing, and and kind of what you're trying to bring out to uh, to the people with this. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I um, I believe I'm. I hold a nice space. Like one of my gifts is looking at something i believe by just looking at something and i believe a lot of people have this gift some it might be more accentuated than others that it becomes better mm. so i um and someone someone of my friends that uh, was one of my clients at one point was so she's like an intuitive of sorts a highly like her name is jill feeler if anyone wants to check out someone that's pretty powerful Very that's still name yeah <laughs> that I still don't understand. Um, she, yeah, she was said something. She's like, Daniel, whatever you look at turns to gold. And I started getting this idea at one point, and I, I like that idea. I like that idea metaphorically. And um, when I published the book, my next project was basically to publish the app and the podcast, and then republish the book with that information in there. Like, and that we becomes like the tripod of the brand. If someone finds out about the book, they'll find out about the app and podcast. If someone finds out about the podcast, they'll find out about the app and the book. Right. And uh, so the podcast is just tier or rear or what is it called? Uh, like tier two or oh, tier tiered. two okay. or three of this rung of this ladder that I'm seemingly going up. Um, the I say that because the app I've been in development for a while. It's still not fully ready, um, but the podcast is fully ready. Mm -hmm. I, I've been traveling for so long. I know so many amazing people. I'm so blessed for that. I've had so many amazing conversations that I finally invested in like a real proper audio setup. And now when I'm traveling, I drop in with some of those people that I think would be epic for the podcast. And I launched it right around Christmas and there's already been about like 28 or 30 episodes, I believe. Amazing. With amazing people, like amazing people that I really think are breaking normal in, a, in an enlightening way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who are some of uh, the guests that you've had on recently? I saw you were with Preston Smiles. I think you mentioned, did you mention Jay Sheedy? I know you mentioned him before. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think JP's been on, right? Yeah, JP was the first um, episode, and then I'm thinking of some other people. Hal Elrod was it soon after oh, that nice, who nice. wrote The Miracle Morning. That yes. book is sold over a million copies. Today, I interviewed Jesse Elder. Okay, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's known as like the Time Piercer, and he did a recent video on Facebook about like time is an illusion that went ultra viral. 
Um, yeah, Andrew Seely, who does a big yoga podcast, awesome guy. Troy Casey, that was one. He, he opened it up with a hot bay session. That was pretty fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and then Adam Roa. Some people might recognize him as the guy that uh, he, he did a video. Speaking of viral videos, I think it's called like the Art of Choosing Love. The Goalcast shared. Nice. I it might be approaching 200 million views at this point, like 150, 100 something crazy and it was like just at a speech at a kyle cease event and then they re re kind of refined it and republished it with subtitles and it just went ultra viral um and even the lady i'm the i'm staying with my friend in austin we're subletting one of the rooms in her house her name is ellen smoke and she runs the society of women entrepreneurship so it's a why my wife my wife i interviewed her that was a crazy one <laughs> there's a lot of good episodes in there for sure Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and people can go check that out on uh, Apple Podcasts, right? And uh, everywhere podcasts are. Um, yep, exactly. We'll put the link in there and everything. So yeah, this is great. I mean, it just seems like, you know, what you're doing, it, you're really calling other people to show up and come forward and, and let their, their inner wild, you know, out and they're weird and break, break this, you know, erroneous notion of what we deem to be normal. Um, and you're just like where wherever you go, you know, just people are popping up and creating their own things and and, and really taking charge of their lives. Now, I could hear some people, you know, listening to this saying like, oh, you know, well, that's all great for this guy and you know, Mike Adelic or whoever, and uh, you know, but uh, not me because I'm in you know some shitty neighborhood in Detroit and I, I just you know I, I don't make a lot of money and uh, you know I whatever you know I can't do this stuff. Like, what would you say to someone like that? Yeah, it's uh, first of all, it's all subjective, and I would, I would I believe, I would agree with him. If he told me that, I'd agree with him. Like, sure, okay, right. That's what. She, that's I. I believe most people are, are getting what they're. Most people, most of the time, are getting what they want. They're getting what they're looking for, um, because once again, they're choosing how to perceive it. And there's also. I do believe with this 98% hypnotic trance potentiality that we're coming out of an emotional dark age and that many people are addicted to what a psychologist might argue or a psychotherapist might argue as lower emotions because it's really, it's really more comfortable for people a lot of the times to play small and argue for their limitations rather than fumble around and tinker to find out their real genius. Mm. Yeah, well said. So a little bit of that, uh, and I think that's been perpetuated. Even a lot in schools, I, I have, I do these, like I've done a few breaking normal news flashes with my daughter. And for instance, one of them is called the domestication of education. Mm. You know, schools and farms and prisons are suspiciously similar. Yeah. <laughs> Check them out. Check them out, y'all. Yeah, dude. Uh, I, I remember, and I'll never forget this, when I was in college, my friends and I, you know, we were at the apartments that we lived on on, on campus, and someone was, like, checking, like, the seats that we were sitting on or something, and so they were like, this, this chair sucks, and they Googled it. And the same chair that was making chairs for the school was ma also making chairs for prisons. <laughs> Yeah, and, and even the idea of prison is crazy. That's crazy too. It's like I understand it maybe in some way, but 
the way that like the current school system and farming system and school system, they really, we really, if we're all one, we probably want to look at those. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> <laughs> if how we're if we're all one, how we treat the lowest parts of ourselves or the parts of ourselves that we're trying to ignore, or the parts of ourselves that we all know what to do with, or the parts of ourselves that we're feeding ourselves with, we really want to look at farms, schools, and prisons, and why they're so similar, and what we can do maybe to upgrade all of them. Yeah, yeah, because we we're definitely due for an upgrade. And I think it's happening. And we're talking about it as it's happening. And we're like news reporters. Yeah. This week in Breaking Normal, schools, prisons, and farms. How can you get your children out? <laughs> Keep your animals. <laughs> Is there something poisoning your animals? Uh, like, <laughs> you always see this on the, uh, like the news, the way that they present things. Like, uh, you know. Is something poisoning the meat that you're eating? Find out tonight at ten. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us now? You'll really, if you enjoy that, <laughs> you'll really enjoy Virus in the Mind. Nice. That's a really good book that illuminates a lot of why of how ideas are spread and how they spread like viruses. Oh my God! Yeah, and I can I can think of another example. I'm driving in my car one day, and on the radio is like something like a little girl raped and murdered in Queens. Find out tonight at nine. And it's like. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just delivered some like really heavy information there, man. Like, shouldn't we kind of be communicating this thing in, in a more appropriate way? Like, in, rather than this kind of fast paced, like, news anchor voice, more of like, hey, guys, like, hold the phone. A terrible tragedy has happened today, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that also has to do with a lot of the collective fear around death. Um, that's something I was, t- we were talking to, I was talking to Jesse with today. And, I'm not saying I, I'm, I haven't had that fear or I don't have that fear, but the the media plays on that in almost like a, I would say a distasteful way. It's like, yeah. first of all, yeah, the fear, the, what's the difference between birth and death is I think it's a good thing to consider. Right. And then um, why, why not celebrate births too? We're going to celebrate yeah, they're, they're not even celebrating them sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, kind of like exploiting <laughs> them or something. Yeah. The news channel is really, uh, they're good at that, exploiting people's trigger points to get them to pay attention because that is true currency, is attention. Mm. Yeah, clicks, shares, likes, you know, yeah, we all get involved in that game. and Because that know. consumes people's time. Yeah. Yeah, time, which is your most valuable resource. You know, every second of the day is your most valuable resource is right there for free. Uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Free yeah. for none. Free for none. Free none. none. <laughs> oh, but wait, act now and get more time for just twenty seven ninety nine. <laughs> Choose your time wisely. Here it is. It's right there. Just say yes. Well, I got to say, Daniel, thank you so much for deciding to choose your time with me and, and Mike Delic and all the listeners out there. I think this was a really fantastic conversation, and, and I'd love to do it again. I'd love to come to one of the tribe designs and, and just meet you in person. You seem like a really genuine, down-to-earth person that's uh, got some pretty pretty good insights and, and is spreading a pretty good message out there. So, yeah, just tell people you know where they can, they can find you and, and follow you and any upcoming events or anything you want to share. You know, let them know. Yeah. So breakingnormal.com has um, pages for the podcast. 
and the book. Um, I definitely encourage Audible. That way, nothing is even. Yeah, you, can you imagine. You read nothing the, is even exchanged. You read the book, right? Audible. Yeah, I read it. Yeah. JP reads it forward. Oh, great! And you don't even have to print or buy. Like you don't have to print or have anything delivered. You just pay whatever the Audible price is, or some people get it for free if this is their first book or whatever the deal is, if they have credits and you tune into the frequency, it's a good one. It was a long time in the making and me in a very inspired state expressing what I thought was the golden thread of what I've learned from doing all these events and beyond. And yeah, the next event is uh, in here in Austin, March 22nd. If anyone wants to find out, like to keep a tab on that international tribe design, which is also linked to my breaking on website. And yeah, and I'm, I'm on social media a good bit on Instagram and uh, the podcasting and yeah what's your instagram uh name is it just my daniel? name okay. yep daniel eisenman daniel eisenman great yeah i would be at that retreat except i'm going on a mushroom retreat in the mountains at that at that time so nice <laughs> which mountains uh up in uh like towards breckenridge here in colorado oh cool cool yeah, yeah very nice much mushrooms pay attention to them when, i think anytime someone's uh like let's talk about a cultural meme that may have gotten out of control trying to punish people or um, outlaw something that grows from the ground i would also be suspicious of that or look into it definitely yes i i, <laughs> I think that uh you know it's a part of nature we're a part of nature and you know if nature is illegal then freedom doesn't exist as they say so you know um yeah good good messages and um yeah, I just figured maybe, you know, since you brought up the book again, and I just think it's such a great book, and I know how much time you put into it and everything, and it's like, you know, really, when you read a book, you're really getting inside the mind of the, of the person who's putting all this time, this energy and effort. But if you could just maybe share like a little kind of sum up of like the message that you're really trying to communicate there. I mean, it's a fantastic book. You have to check it out. But if you give people a little kind of, you know, tidbit of of this message that you're trying to bring forth. Yeah, for sure. The subtitle is Rewild Your Inner Child and Set the Truth Free. And I think it's a real like fun, comfortable guide to health through honesty and heart sync over groupthink and cultivating confidence and communicating what's happening and the beauty in that. Because what I've found through all these experiences and I've heard and a nice saying before this seems to be true, this sorrow haft. I mean, a sorrow shared is a sorrow haft and a joy shared is a joy doubled. That humans are meant to synergize and communicate and be on the, each other's teams. It's like we're social creatures. And how can we be the best social creatures we possibly can be? Is by not trying to be like anyone else necessarily, but more really channel that pure energy that created us in the first place and i think breaking normal has all these exercises that are cool to remind ourselves of that and can really deepen meaningful relationships like what i like to call our relationships not only with each other but ourselves as well yes yes relationships amazing yeah Excellent. Well, um, you want to break some normal again and, you know, continue to, uh, and make like a weird noise or shout something out or just do something crazy. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, let's see. I can, uh, let me see if I got, I got, I got a pretty good alien noise potentially. Let's, let's see hear it. I got. I'm going to maybe start it with an ohm and shift it to the alien noise. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Awesome. Daniel, thanks so much for getting weird on Mikeadelic. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for spending your time with us. Amazing. Looking forward to doing it again, my friend, and uh, looking forward to seeing you in the future. Thanks again. Everyone out there, stay weird, break normal, be Mikeadelic. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Hope you guys like these podcasts and enjoy them. And if you do, please spread the podcast, share it, tell a neighbor, tell a coworker, tell a friend, tell a cat, tell a mouse, tell a dog, tell an ant, tell a firefly, tell whoever you tell, share it, spread it, like it, all that good stuff. If you if you really love the show, you want to go a step further, you really want to help us out, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and go to patreon.com, patreon slash Mike Brank, and um, patreon.com slash Mike Brank, and you can donate as little as a dollar a month, two dollars a month, whatever you want. Help support the show that way as well. But remember, I love you guys no matter what you do. I just love that you tune in and you enjoy these podcasts. Message me. I like hearing feedback. Get in touch with me on Instagram, Mikeadelic Podcast, Mike Brank on Facebook as well. And, um, Thanks to our sponsors, Synchro and Hemp Bombs. If you want a discount on keto, genic, and plant-based nutrition products, go to Synchro and type in the code uh, Mikeadelic at checkout to get 20% off. And they have amazing ketogenic chocolate fudge called Keto Mana that I have all the time because it's, it has like no sugar and carbs in it. So it's great. And, um, and it's delicious. And if you want CBD, uh, go to hempbombs.com and get 15% off all your CBD needs, I guess. And uh, just enter the code Mike15 at checkout. But thank you once again to everybody. Thanks to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music, the intro and the outro. I love you all. Peace.